You might notice I'm a little bit perturbed. I can see it on your fists. Why don't we explain? Why don't we, why don't we explain? <laughs> so we've been podcasting for about four hours so far. Uh, it's been 28 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so how the podcast works is these microphones go into a... Audio recorder. Audio recorder that records the sound. Mm -hmm. The cameras record the video. The sights. The sights. So you have the sounds and the sights. And then what you do is you you match them up. Yeah, I put them together in post. Put them together in in post, which is short for post-production. That's right. So these cameras will only record for 30 minutes. Yep. And then we have to stop down. That's why Jared has a timer going. That's right. I always have a timer. So we can end the conversation and reset. Mm -hmm. So we typically do three 30-minute sets. Yep. So you and I, not even three minutes ago, yeah. Just completed the first the first 30 minute segment. Great conversation. It felt very natural. Yeah. We were enjoying it. We felt like friends. Uh, we felt like we weren't wasting our time. <laughs> and, and then and then Jared then the timer goes off. Timer goes off. Oh, it's time to reset. Time to reset and why don't you explain to the people what happened? I don't really want to talk about it. Um so all the cameras were recording. <laughs> But the audio was not. <laughs> Do you want to just post the cameras? <laughs> it's going to sound so bad. Let's overdub it. <laughs> Let's overdub it. <laughs> That's even more work. <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. Yeah. 30 minutes. I So Jerry gets up and goes to the board that captures the sounds and realizes that it had not been recording. I didn't hit record. At all. At all. So now... Now we've got a choice. We can try to somehow reproduce. There's no reproducing the magic. What just happened, or we just let... Let it go? Let it go. (laughs) There's a song about that, a very horrid Mm. song. Yeah. Born out of the wrath of God upon man. I think that song was a bunch of Grammys, right? Well, we're talking about a the sinful same world. A sinful wor- world will tend to prop up sinful things and celebrate. We're talking about Michael Bolton's "Said I Loved You But I Lied," right? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> Said I loved you, but I lied. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is more the love I feel inside. Uh, was it? I said I hit record, but I lied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm so upset right now. I know this oh, is going to be difficult. I can't believe it. So we just have to assume. That whatever we said in that first 30 minutes was so dishonoring to the Lord <laughs> <laughs> that, that even if you did hit record, he's like, I'm I think he hit, I think I sat down and he was like, like Nope. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he just, No. He it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, it, it is recording, right? It is. It is. Well, now, now I'm paranoid. All oh, right. So the only thing oh. I can think of why he might have destroyed that 30 minutes <laughs> is because, is because of, of your anger towards <laughs> children. That's what I was I thinking. Think you, <laughs> I don't know if God wants other people to know how, how angry, angry yeah. small children in a movie theater Well, it was clear once we, <laughs> once we started talking. How, is how, there a way for you to communicate that same story in love? <laughs> so let, parents let me go get my anointing oil. <laughs> there you go. So parents, 
here are some tips if you'd like to maximize yours and your neighbor's enjoyment of a movie let's, in a let's theater. Say you want to train a child in the way they should go to the theater. That's right. Okay. Here are some things. One, quiet. Yeah. We don't talk during a movie. Mm-hmm. Two, food is a part of it. Snacks at a movie theater, of course. I, I said this is, right. you know, you're going to hear the rustle of rappers. Yeah. People want candy, that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course, that's part of enjoying the movie. But most people know to keep that to a minimum. You just try and, like, keep it as quiet as possible. You know, like, you got the rappers, popcorn. It's all kind of noisy food, isn't it? It is. Um, so even when you're rustling for, like, a little handful of popcorn, it can be a little loud. You think so they would have chose for movies uh, a, more, a more quiet food? Like, why not oatmeal? Yeah. No, oh, yeah, that's You're true. Right. Well, it depends. Is it very viscous, or if it's if there's not enough uh, milk or water, or whatever you made it with, it uh, can create a suction. I'm gonna say properly, properly okay. cooked oatmeal. Yeah, then that's not gonna be too loud. Yeah, you might hear a little like like a plastic plastic like paper kind of, bowl. Yeah, that's plastic that's not spoon. bad at all. Yeah. No. Um, anyways, so if you're gonna get snacks for your kids, make sure they know like one, try and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Two. Shut your mouth when you're chewing. Mm, yeah. Sorry. Some of that anger. Yeah. Out. Right. <laughs> Dial it back a little I'm bit. I'm waiting for the power to go out. <laughs> <laughs> did he hit record again? <laughs> um, <laughs> when did he start going into cardiac arrest? <laughs> as soon as he kept going about children. <laughs> so there's that. The third thing is be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I already said it, yeah. but we need to say it again because so certain people don't get the hint. Rejoice um, in the Lord always. And again, again, I say, so be quiet yeah. in the theater. Right. right. <laughs> um, so, so here's the expectation. All, this is all stemming from what? Where, where were you last night? I was in a movie theater. Okay. Seeing one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm. Um, and this movie, I think it was rated PG 13. Okay. I think. Yeah. I, I think so. Okay. Um, and so you would expect that it's a movie made for grownups, not, not, not gratuitously like, uh, bad, like content wise, but it's a, it's an adult. Yeah. It's an adult movie. Yeah. Intensity. It's a, it's a movie for grownups, not for kids. So you expect when you go to the theater, people are going to act like it's a movie for grownups. It's not going to be rambunctious. There's not, it's not a kid movie. You know, we've talked about this. If it's a cartoon movie made for kids, it's going to be a bunch of four five, six year olds that are kind of running around throwing up on stuff. And that's just kind of how it goes. It's fun. Right. Um, (laughs) But uh, when it's a grownup movie, everyone's going to act like a grownup and everyone's there to be a grownup and people are there to watch the movie. So when it's a very quiet moment or a a moment of great intensity Mm -hmm. um, and you're talking, that tells me that um, you don't understand theater protocol based on film. Yes. That's the nice way of saying it. So people are probably wondering what, what movie did you see? You didn't say that yet. Um, One of my, one of my new a, a new addition to my top five, my all time top five, okay, is Top Gun. Top Gun. Uh, yes, Maverick. Top Gun, Maverick. Yes. So yeah. it's the long awaited sequel. Yeah, twenty year old sequel, right? Wasn't the original? I think it's longer than that. Maybe. Yeah, wasn't the original eighty eight, eighty nine? Yeah. So you're something like that. So we're that's what thirty. That's thirty. That's yeah. so. It's it's much older. Yeah, much longer. Yeah. Was, uh, anyways, uh, Tom Cruise was a spring chicken back then. Yeah, he was really really young, young fella. Yeah, looks Here. looks about the same. Yeah, he does. That's that 
Scientology witchcraft. <laughs> Something's going <laughs> on there. Yeah. Sarah yeah. and I were just talking about yeah. that last night. She's Probably like, facial you think scrubs. He does, uh, she's like, you think he does like plastic surgery? Because it doesn't look like, you know, cer- certain people I'm look like. I'm wondering if he has access to the blood of kings. He might. I think it's floating aboard. He definitely has access to hair dye. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's mm, true. Maybe some Botox or something. I, that's he's, he's that's what it's got to be. I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's 60. He's 43. I'm getting gray hair. I mean, he's yeah, his face doesn't look like plastic surgery has been done, but it doesn't look like the face of a six year old. But then again, it's Botox. Probably. I don't know. You you see him in the movie. He looks one way. But then I've seen other other stuff of him outside the movie. And I'm wondering if he does like. CGI do bo- correction. No, I don't know if Did it's Botox that or for the movie. Do you do Botox for the movie? You could. Yeah. I, I mean, guess that would make sense because it doesn't last forever, does it? You I have think to, about six months. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of makes sense if he shoots the movie and then like it kind of wears off and he looks a little bit older. Yeah. Because I've possible. seen some interviews and stuff. And anyway, so. So you're uh, at this and you, you, you love the movies. You want to see this film. I do. You're excited. You and Sarah are on a, a bit of a date night. It's a date night the, for the first time in a really long time. Because the kids have been. Kids have been. They've been sick. So sick they're difficult. Kids. You know, yeah, sure. sick kids are not fun uh, and they're not having fun. And so it's yeah. just a little bit more difficult. And specifically, Sarah really needed a break. So yeah, finally we got out. And, you know, the last thing I want to do is sit down next to a kid and feel the need to discipline them. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> are the seats assigned at the theater? Could you? Yes. Okay. So you could yeah. have moved. I think there were probably seats seat. elsewhere, but it's just kind of like I paid for the seat. Yeah. I'm not moving. Yeah. I'll throw you into a different seat if I need to. But yeah. Anyway, so and then like talking, you know, the whole family was talking amongst themselves the yeah. whole time. Like the like they're asking the mom questions, and the mom is like like talking during the whole thing and explaining stuff. It's just like, dude. Yeah. That is no. So that's don't a, do that. That's a frustration for you. Oh, big pet peeve is talking during movies. Okay. Um, there are certain things, and I've thought this for a long time, is that I think for uh for certain people there needs to be a course on how to watch a movie. Like one basic principle is yeah. if you don't know something, if there's something that you don't know, if there's information that you do not know, it's because you're not supposed to know it yet. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to listen. You're supposed to take, you know, kind yeah. of listen to you know. Uh, you know, they'll say certain things. You kind of listen. You you kind of learn and try and pick up on some things. It's kind of an experience. It's not something supposed to be spoon fed to you like a little baby. Yeah, you're actually you know supposed to have to think sometimes. Yeah, and so uh, when you go into it thinking that oh I don't know this I need to talk at the top of my lungs and ask my mother hey mom what's this all about yeah that's the kind of person that should never go into a theater yeah in fact they shouldn't be allowed to go into a theater ever. They should be tough to screen that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be tough. It would be. It yeah. would be. But so this is the tame version. <laughs> this is significantly yeah. more right. moder- moderate the, than it was. The alpha version, if you will, of this. <laughs> the Lord struck from the record. This is <laughs> this is Jared 2.0. <laughs> Only I know the depth of the wickedness of your heart in relationship the depth to this. of anger. <laughs> Jared sure is wrathful. Yes. <laughs> so afterwards, you guys. Yeah. So we got out of the theater. You're a crocker, right? Yeah, we were a yeah. crocker. We get outside the doors and it's just a beautiful summer night. Yeah. This is a perfect summer night. You yeah. know, they got the string lights and everything. And so yeah. I'm thinking to myself, uh, we should eat. And we didn't eat dinner going to the theater. We didn't have time. We were running kind of behind. So we got yeah. in just in time. So we didn't get a snack or anything. We didn't get popcorn. Um, and so we get out and like we didn't have a drink. So I just felt like a raisin. Yeah. I just felt so dehydrated and so did Sarah so we're just like what are you in the mood for she says a burger I'm like 
Sounds good. I'm really thirsty. What do you want? Burger? <laughs> no, 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 no. Water and rehydration when I was, was a, kid, a given. My mom used to take ground beef and put it in a blender. <laughs> oh, no. With some broccoli and cauliflower. That's and disgusting. grill it between two pieces of bread. That's really gross. Yeah. Um, so, burger. Yeah. So, we're staying there. Yeah. And like, you know what? This night calls for B spot, but there is no B spot. So sad. I think they're putting something else in there, and I think it's going to be a burger place. Is it? I think so. It's not going to be B spot. I know. I know. It's good. Super sad. Their uh, onion rings, like when you got one that was super battery, it was almost like a pancake. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy, is that good. It is. It it hurts that we can't do that. Anyway, so I was just like, well, where are we going to go? So I think I'm going to call my good friend Neil. Right. Because. He's, you know, he's been around a bit. Savvy. I've been out of town for six years. Yeah, so here. if I'm going to get a good burger here, who better to ask? Yeah. So I ring you up and you know what? Two rings in voicemail. Voicemail, right to voicemail. So it, it wasn't four rings. It wasn't five rings. Yeah. It was two. So I normally get, I normally get to it quicker. Yeah. So as. So the, it feels like, oh, he just right. has his phone on, on right. silent. I saw Jared. Rachel said, do you need to take that? I said, I just said it was Jared. Yeah. And so that's implied. Right. No. No. I don't need to take this. Well, you don't take my calls. Not often. No. Uh, I try not to take your texts, but somehow they find their way through. Yeah, that's true. I had checked my phone log and I had zero missed calls. Super weird. Well, it is, but it isn't. We've been having issues with our phone. We changed our plan and now we're on this 5G and we're just having terrible issues with it. So Uh I don't know Uh what's going on. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, when you called, I ignored your call and, uh, yeah. So there's proof right there. Outgoing call. Oh, 9, I believe 944 PM. Outgoing four seconds. Yeah. Four seconds <laughs> until you ended it. I'm getting slow. <laughs> I can't tell you how disgusted uh, I am with those myself. Are, those are rookie numbers, man. Oh man. I mean, I used to be a one second guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just boom. It's just, uh, <laughs> Jared, boom. <laughs> I just cover it. That's what I love about the watch. Like, oh yeah, just, that's right. <laughs> Just cover her real quick. Oh, that's good. Yeah, nine forty-four. I was outside with Rachel. Yeah, uh, drinking a, uh, a lemonade. Ooh, what kind of lemonade? It's a workout thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, it's so a, it's not like a simply lemonade or anything. No, like that. it's this amino essential amino acid thing. Yeah. That I drink right before bed too. Like BCAA kind of thing, or uh, no BCAAs are different than EAAs. So okay. it's, it's just these essential amino acids. Yeah. So that's um, interesting. What does that do? Does it help your brain think? To make make your muscles strong. Me don't know. <laughs> me think it might help. Brain. Arnold told me to, to drink it. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? Wake up and then you talk like this and this and that. <laughs> so the idea behind amino acids is there's essential amino acids. They go in, and as your as muscle protein synthesis is happening, your yeah. body is synthesizing that protein. The amino acids are the building blocks to help go in and repair. And yeah. So when you lift weights in your 40s, recovery is a little bit different Mm. so um even though i eat a a healthy well-balanced diet and get a lot of different varying protein sources this is a supplement so it just comes in and fills in the gaps so i do it before bed because that's when your body does all of its repair so i'm in the i'm on our in our backyard and we have a patio and a little gazebo and so i was sipping this um lemonade yeah we had the fire table on for a little bit but then i got hot rachel was free the difference in temperature that Rachel and I experience is astronomically large. Yeah. 
I mean, I am pouring with sweat, yeah. wanting to figure out, is there a way to get my skin off and, and still survive? And she's in like a snowsuit. She's got, Shivering. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's, she's got those warm packs in her hands. Oh my gosh. And, you know, electronic blanket. And she's like, she's like, you're getting cold. Really? Last night? Last it was night, like 70 something. She was hoodie. It was very pleasant. She, she had a hoodie and she wow. was cold. And yeah. She was crazy. basically cooking the bottom of her feet. In, wow. that, in that fire and she's like laying in the fire and i'm like i turn the fan on you're a fan it's boiling hot so oof so yeah i apologize um i think had i got your call i i would have done exactly what i done i think there's not much open at crocker yeah so i would have exactly. suggested bar louis because i think they open yeah i didn't realize that yard house was open that late yeah well. yard house was open too we went over to uh what's what's the one uh it's like burntwood tavern yeah we've yeah, never yeah. been there and so we go yeah. over and they they're stuff. open we walk yeah. in and like we stand there for maybe two minutes and no one acknowledges us and we're like yeah we're not gonna be here yeah so i just you know it's fine if you're getting ready to close you don't want to serve anyone else you just close your door and you don't have yeah. to look like you're open if you're really not. Right. And I don't want to be served by someone who doesn't want to be serving me. So I'm just at like, that you know point, what? your picture might have circulated around Crocker Park as the man who despises children. That's true. And they're so just like, ah, we don't serve like, him. We don't. Yeah, we can't have him, him in here. Yeah. We, we heard how he treated that kid <laughs> right. in the movie theater. We're, right. There's children in this <laughs> restaurant. Be like, sir. you have no idea how loud he was chopping. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, and boy, was it loud. This it was good. okay. So, oh, uh, uh, is that uh, you? No. <laughs> well, that's what I named you in my phone. <laughs> Potential spam. <laughs> this is what I'm getting right now. Actually, I'm gonna answer this. <laughs> Hello. 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 Call check. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I got hung up on. Wow, dude. That's what happens. This is a good test, actually. While we're right here, I somehow just ordered something. Ah. Oh. Ah. Hello. Hello. Delay. So it, it works. Your yeah. phone does receive my calls. It does. Yeah. Maybe, huh. not, maybe not. Um, maybe not in the, the backyard. Not sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. I harbor no all of all of my anger today is directed towards one particular ten year old, ten or eleven year old. <laughs> I I just ah uh, well, Boy, and anyways. now the soundboard. Now you're upset with the. <laughs> is it still going? I don't know. No, we're we'll good. Say, well, how much time do we have? Jesus hasn't shut us down yet. <laughs> all right. It's coming. I just answered. Oh my spam. goodness! <laughs> we're off the rails, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's just behavior no, that we would fine. never exhibit normally. Well, at this point, oh, boy. we're dealing with a lot of emotions. My glasses are off, so you know what we've got well, there. Well, we've yeah. got something to do. Well, should we welcome people to the podcast? I would love to do that. Even though we've already done it once Let's before. Let's do it again. Oh, it, it just hurts. It hurts. Yeah. The time, the, the words, the effort that went into it the first time. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. So let's just do it. Welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian Church podcast. This move. I'm doing. <laughs> Are you directing the jets <laughs> on the aircraft carrier? Maverick, if you would. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, what did I say? Welcome to the... <laughs> Is that Christopher Walken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Atrium of Hope Christian Church podcast. I am Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And I am Neil, lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And this is episode 20. 20 and a half. 20 and a half. That's right. <laughs> 20 and a third. 20 and a third. Oh, yeah. As soon sad. as we get off camera, I am going to just absolutely thrash you. <laughs> no, oh my I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got I've got a kid who can stand in for the thrashing. That's good. I know. I got to find him. Um, oh wow! What would be your call sign if you're a if you're a Navy pilot? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, I can't even. I can't. Even, I, I, is it related to? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it comes about. Hamhock. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. I'm assuming it comes out of camaraderie and uh, uh, I don't know. Hamhock. Hamhock. That's yeah. good. That's nice. I've got a uh, uh, something for us in our uh, favorite segment. Meet and greet. But up, up, up. That's good. Thanks. I like that. That's I am good. under the weather. Yeah. <laughs> if I sound strange, it's because I have, yeah. I can only imagine what I have packed into my sinuses. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Tube socks, it feels like. Have you seen those videos of people who have like uh, surgery? Yeah, and they have to pull the gauze out of their nose. Oh, yeah, and it's like it's more gauze it's, than you would think. Oh, it's so much more. It's, yeah, it's shocking amount of yeah. gauze. That's what it feels like. I've got yeah, yeah. Sudafed. I'm on the Sudafedrin. Yeah. So oh, no, you said the whole thing. You are on Sudafed if you're saying Sudafedrin. Yeah, <laughs> Sudafedrin. I feel like I'm still teetering on the edge of, am I going to get sick or am I not? Because, you know, the kids had it, Sarah had it, yeah. you have it. It's going around. It is. And I feel like I've felt it's not it COVID. starting. It's not COVID. You've we, tested. You've tested We've tested. Well. Yeah, we're um, good. It's, it's not that. It's just it's your just, standard. It's just an old-fashioned American cold. old-fashioned American cold. Isn't it's that just, special? It goes with a headache <laughs> and congestion and This exhaustion. is the dream. Oh, man. Oh, Those boy. were the days. Okay. There's a song about that. Yeah. Anyways, so I feel like I'm teetering on this edge of am I going to get it? Am I not? I yeah. keep getting a headache where I'm just like, is it starting? Is this the, is this the beginning? And uh, I don't know. I don't feel great, but I don't feel Wonky. awful. Yeah. So I, I sound. I, I think I sound worse than I feel. Have you had any like dizziness or anything <clears throat> with 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 your cold? No. Okay. No. Yeah, it's probably unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. You drinking enough water? I think I am. Okay. Yeah. So you were dehydrated last night from the theater. Yeah, it wasn't that. That's not what I'm. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. The other day, I was just sitting on the couch, and I was just like, all of a sudden, I was just like, Oh, I've had that plenty of times. Super but, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I didn't know what to do with hey, that inner ear fluid. Yeah. Drainage, all and kinds maybe of it's stuff. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, anyways, great question for you. Yeah. And you brought it up during the first time we tried this when I failed miserably to record it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I thought this would be a good question. Yeah. Relatable. To for a lot of people, mm -hmm. Coke or Pepsi? Hmm. You know, the first time I answered this twenty three minutes ago, <laughs> I said Pepsi. You did. Have you changed your mind over this last twenty three minutes? Well, a lot has a lot has changed in our life. So much has changed. The world has changed. I feel it, it has. in the I feel it in the air. Mm. I feel it in the I water. Can feel it in the air tonight. Yeah. So I think. I think we can go ahead and stick with Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. I okay. still, I still believe, even though this has been a, <laughs> it's been a 
wild ride this last 23 minutes. It's crazy that it's been this long already. Right. It's it's crazy. You know, you you look back and you're just like, it feels like it was just 23 minutes ago. But in some ways, it feels like it was like 23 minutes ago. What I realize now is that back then when you first asked me, yeah, I was too young to even know what the right ill experienced were. and yeah. ill equipped yeah right but now that i have traveled the world <clears throat> yeah. i'd say i'd say pepsi pepsi has always tasted a little bit sweeter yeah to me coke has an unreasonable burn in the throat yeah that's interesting and i don't think i've had pop in 15 16 years something like that yeah um because it's terrible for you yeah and just packed full of sugar yeah and the diet stuff you know all that you know yeah. sugar substitutes it was you know a lot of junk there as well but I've heard it gives you cancer. That's well, yeah. It's it's certainly not good. I don't does know it feel we, like everything gives you cancer anymore? I feel like it does. I think certain things, um, you know, there's more clinical research to validate yeah. those things. But yeah, ultimately, it's just um, no good. But when I was a kid, specifically cherry Pepsi Ooh. was what I mm. enjoyed. Um, when speaking of theater, when we would go to the theater. As kids, uh, my dad used to sneak cans of pop in, and uh, yeah. he did this by way of a long black leather trench coat. Yeah, and in this trench coat was a an interior pocket that you could stack up maybe four or five cans. Mm -hmm. And so he would just put cans in there, no matter if it was eighty five, ninety degrees out. Yeah, and uh, walk in. And sometimes he would bring a cherry Pepsi for me. So the lights would go down and then you just hear those cans. Of psh, psh, you'd just be, yep. you know, passing cans around. Yep. So yeah, that yeah. cherry Pepsi, uh, I think was, was my yeah drink of choice. Interesting. You, did you? Yeah. I, uh, so between Coke and Pepsi, it's interesting. I think of Coke as being more acidic and I don't know if that's even a valid observation, but it seems more like. <laughs> Like chem like to what you said, more like a chemical burn. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying there aren't times in my life where I appreciate that. It's more crisp. Okay. It's more it's got a little bit more spice. Yeah. Uh, if that makes any sense. Pepsi yeah. seems like more uh like you said, a little bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. Um more I don't know if syrupy is the right word, but just like there's there's just more to it, you know. Yeah. It seems more like anyway. So I've always, more I've always enjoyed, yeah. A little bit. I've always enjoyed Pepsi <clears throat> more. Yeah, uh, I love cherry Pepsi, um, but I like cherry Coke, vanilla Coke, all those. Uh, I've I, never had vanilla Coke. Really? Yeah. Well, it's good. It's basically if you take if you're making a root beer float, but you substitute with Coke or Pepsi, it's just that because you're using vanilla ice cream. Okay. And it's it's delicious. Um, Do you drink any? Pop? No, soda? No, no. The only time we'll do any pop is like uh, root beer floats. Yeah, that kind of thing. We rarely have. Is good. We rarely, rarely have uh, like pop. Um, caffeine Sarah, too. Caffeine, I can't do. Okay, well, no. you know, you get your caffeine fix in that like teeny you tiny three tablespoons of coffee. That a day. teaspoon of coffee a yeah. day. <laughs> Which I, I was on my way to the gym yesterday, and I poured that little bit. Yeah. And I was like, what do I think this is going to do? <laughs> I was driving there chugging it. I was like, it's going to give me energy. You get to the gym and you're like vibrating from the caffeine. I picked the gym up. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. The whole building. That's amazing. They're like, you put us down. <laughs> I was like, Jim. Oh, man. Yeah. We've got a, it's a weird relationship. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's a love-hate thing. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Root beer. Favorite root beer? Uh, historically, uh, if I'm going bottled is IBC. Yeah. Uh if it's if it's canned, um 
We like um, Barks is pretty good. A and W. Remember A and W. I don't mind A and W. I honestly I don't have any <clears throat> big pick between those. I'm fine with whatever. Um, yeah, those are they're good. What about you? Uh, I used to drink a lot of A and W, and then oh yeah, yeah, and Barks. Those were do that we got. We would mm-hmm. get two liters. Yeah, yeah. I, I, nobody would buy cans. Yeah, cans were more expensive. Oh yeah, and so it was you know two liters or nothing. Yeah, but I yeah. remember I'd go over a friend's house and they would have cans of pop, and I'm like, what, what do you guys? I don't know. You like the experience though of the well. I don't know. There was just a cool. It felt colder. Yeah, it does. I don't know why. Yeah, you like Dr. Pepper? Did you ever Man, like that? Love Dr. Pepper. That's that's my go-to. If I was gonna get pop, I love Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper and Taco Bell was Oof. when I was a so, teen. That was yeah. the well. Now it's Taco Pepsi. Bell and uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Okay, I've never had that. Yeah, I've only ever had a standard Mountain Dew. It's like if you think of nuclear waste, mm-hmm. as I often do mixing with water to create some kind of toxic sludge mm-hmm. uh, and then putting the Mountain Dew stamp just on add it. sugar to it. Yeah, it's basically that. That's Baja okay. Blast. Delicious, but I'm pretty sure it's it's like that scene in Princess Bride that like I've just taken one life or one one year away from your life or whatever. <laughs> right. The pit of despair. Yeah, in the pit of despair. I've uh, just taken one year of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's That's what it's like to drink Baja Blast. But you're eating it with Taco Bell too, so that's it's a multiplication effect. You're reducing your life by decades. So Willingly. all that all yeah. that horse meat. Anyways. Is that what it is? So there was a study. Let's present our hands to one another. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a study like t- ten years ago, uh, that found that some of Taco Bell's meat uh, had horse meat in it. And I believe this was in the UK. Um, so I think we're okay over here. Okay. Uh, that was the UK. We're okay. I see. So anyways, um, but yeah, I could be that? completely wrong on that information and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. I just, I, if you're already eating Taco Bell, is horse meat really going to bother you? Yeah. I just, to me, it's just like, eh, I don't I know. Mean, it's got hooves and it's cute. Is it must it, taste good. Yeah. I don't know if it's an ethical thing. People don't eat horses for... I don't know. Meal. Well, I guess that's like where are they getting the horse meat? Where is it coming from? Are they dead horses? Because that's a problem. That's a health issue. Is it? Uh, I mean, taking it from a live horse would be even worse. They have the horse on life support, and they're just cutting off bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> What was that in the office where Dwight comes up with that way of taking right. sliders from, right. from, right. from a cow, right. but keeping it alive? But keeping it alive, yeah. That's, oh, that's oh, disturbing. That's gross. Yeah, you're right. It's even more unethical yes, to keep it alive. We apologize for this disturbing image that's in your brain right now. My goodness. So messed up. So anyways, yeah, yeah like Dr. Pepper would be my go-to drink of choice. You ever been um, to a restaurant and you ask for Dr. Pepper and they, they don't have it and they're like, but would you like root beer? I'd say you don't understand Dr. Pepper. It, they're they're not the same thing. Right. It feels like maybe just a standard Coca-Cola because it's an alternative pop, maybe. Yeah. Well, you'd think Coke is like, do you have Dr. Coke or no, Pepsi. I'm sorry, we have root beer. Cola is more of like the generic that's pop. Yeah. And then other I, I feel like the other things are kind of offshoots. Okay. You know? Like Coke is the starting point, but like if you want something like Dr. Pepper is the crispy, yummy, yummy. Did you like Sunkiss when you were a kid? I think I did. Yeah. That's pretty good. What yeah. about ginger ale? That I always thought of that as I'm sick. Verner's? Yep, that was always what I had when I was sick. Verner's is lightning in a bottle. Yeah. 
just burns. Yeah. You can feel it. Like if you want to know exactly where your esophagus is in your body, yeah. drink Verner's and just yeah. follow the burn. Oh, that's a good point. Down to your... When you were sick as a kid, would, your, would you end up getting like ginger ale for your tummy? When I was a kid and I was sick, they just put me outside. Ah, nice. Yeah. They, you puke out in the yard, son. They were very Old Testament. Yeah. They so were like, the get him out of the says. camp, put him in That's the right. woods, and then when he's clean, he can come back in the house. Yeah, no, the Canada dry. A lot yeah. of Canada dry. So I, until I married Sarah, she loves... Canada Dry, like that's her. Really, that's her pop. Is if she's gonna drink something, she likes she likes other stuff, but she yeah. really enjoys okay. uh, ginger ale. Yeah, and I, growing up, I always associated that with like the flu. Like, sure, it, I always associated with like. Uh, so if I saw it or if I tasted it or drank it, my stomach would immediately just kind of start hurting and yeah. like turning. You know, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, this this takes me back to bad times. Yeah. Um, and so, but I've grown to where I'm just like. Yeah, I get it. Kind of refreshing. Yeah. Kind of like that's cool. So Schweppes. My dad used to have a lot of Schweppes. Yeah. And that sounds like a uh You ever hear of the pop squirt? Yeah. Horrible name. <laughs> it is. It's very it's just bad. the worst yeah. name for it. Just sounds pop. gross. Yeah. yeah, squirt. Yeah. Like I don't get it. I don't like they're squeezing an orange and the juices. Maybe yeah, uh, it's just a squirt of orange. I don't know. Or it's weird. lemon. Yeah. 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 Sunkiss is way better. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Seven up or Sprite? Ooh. Sprite. Yeah, by far. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like, uh, did you ever used to mix like drinks like uh, Sprite and like orange juice or anything like that? There was the time. Uh, I never did that in the house. Oh, okay. Um, but I would do that outside of the home if we would go to like McDonald's or Burger King yeah. and they had this self serve pop. Oh, yeah. Do a suicide, man. Yeah. You, you just, every a single little, one. Little, yeah. You do you do that? A little raspberry iced tea in there as well. Oof, and, yeah. Yeah, it never tasted good. I always regretted yeah. it. Yeah, it was always just kind of like, yeah, this is gross. Cool. It's like Menchie's. Remember Menchie's? Oh, yeah. Um, you, you, I don't want that responsibility. Like, you you guys build it. Well, you're, that's... You're the professionals. Totally. You go in and you think, well, I, I want to try a lot of different things, you know, and I don't want the response. put too many things in and it's just like, ugh. It's like fajitas. Yeah. I don't order fajitas at a restaurant. Yeah. And you get the ratios wrong. Yeah. What do I know? You know, you get the... Your chicken and you know the yeah. tortilla and the onions and I just it's too much stress. Yeah. I'd rather go through you know go to Don Ramon and be like he's got you know chicken burrito. You give me that in yeah. whatever ratios you decide. Nice, I will trust. Do you go to a Mexican restaurant and ever feel that you're you're getting anything different from? Let let me put it this way. I know where you're headed. I'm pretty sure that every Mexican restaurant on the planet knows who I am. Okay. And when I walk through the door, they have a game plan. Mm-hmm. And the game plan is this. They have four ingredients total. And no matter what I order, they all bring me the same thing. Yeah. And I try to do something different. I eat Mexican so infrequently, though, that I don't really keep track of what I've ordered in the past. I know, yeah. like, oh, I got a chimichanga or I, you know, yeah. I got a burrito or whatever. No matter what I order, it comes out looking the same way, tasting the same way. It's the same thing. No yeah. matter where I go. Yeah. And this has happened for decades of my life. Yeah. I and think, I'm not complaining. It's, oh, it no. always tastes good, oh, it's but so it's good. always the same exact yeah. thing. And so I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they're all thinking me. There's nuance in it, right? You know, flour tortilla versus corn and 
you know, you're going to have some maybe different flavor profiles, but for the most part, yeah, it's this, it's a lot of the same ingredients. But I don't have enough, uh, I I don't have the know-how to really question what they're giving me. I just have to take it on trust. Yeah. But it's always the same thing. Yeah. So. Well, your eye and uh, mouth might be drawn to similar, similar things. Like you can go get a chili reanos and it's going to taste nothing like a burrito. Yeah. It's going to be completely completely different but you might just be drawn to now burrito versus taco you know that's versus quesadilla i mean there's a lot of similarities and well, there might things, be a difference in the wrapping but the insides are all the same yeah it well even the way. wrapping is just size yeah you know, soft taco hard taco there's yeah. some differences there yeah. i do enjoy mexican food i still want to build it yeah not, not when I'm out of the restaurant interesting i do it at home henry's recently gotten into tacos oh yeah and uh tacos so, are great He's got you know food allergy, but we found this really good vegan cheese that he can have because yeah. he's into milk and stuff, and so he's super into it. Yeah. And he wanted me to eat one with him, so I had like this little crunchy taco that oh, I made. Oh, nice! That's fantastic. That's cute. Yeah, we steep tacos together in, at the house. Yeah. <laughs> Something else. Tacos. So, anyways, all that's to say is that Top Gun is really one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, in my opinion, we'll have to check it out. So you'll have to see it. So let's talk about Sunday. I like how you just went 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 with that that little. Yep. Anyways, well, well, it's a day of just going with it, isn't it? It is. We're just going to roll. We're going to roll with the punches. Tell so me about Sunday, Sunday, man. King of Hearts, uh, week seven. Yeah. We've got one more. We're going to wrap King of Hearts up. It's crazy. This, yeah, this week, um, July 4th weekend. But uh, last week we talked about the importance of seeking advice and counsel. Yeah. And all this came out of First uh, Samuel chapter 16, where... God has Samuel, God has rejected Saul, and he has Samuel out there scouting for the next king and not really scouting. He knows exactly who he's going to pick, and God introduces uh, Jesse to Samuel, and Samuel gets to Jesse and sees his sons and sees this guy, um, Eliab, and Eliab is handsome and he's tall. Saul, the previous king, was handsome, and he was tall, and so Samuel sees Eliab and is like, this must be the king, and then God says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so we talked about intent and the ways that we can mine intent. Why are we doing what we do? Are we trying to manipulate things? Are we doing things uh, as a means to honor God or because we love others? Or are there ulterior motives? And so one of the ways that we can mine out our heart and figure out intent is certainly through prayer, certainly through the Word of God, but I wanted to highlight the idea that God has given us the gift of prayer, given us the gift of His Word, but also given us the gift of each other. And just read through a pile of Proverbs where, you know, Solomon is communicating that we as, you know, people should get advice and counsel from other people, specifically uh, Proverbs 12, people that are within the household of faith, mm. because they're going to have a similar worldview and the Holy Spirit's going to be guiding them. And yeah. the question might be, well, if I can't mine out my whole heart, how is somebody who's an outsider going to do that? And then yeah. the idea is conversation. They'll mm-hmm. ask questions and then you'll answer those questions. And again, it's part of God's uh, structure that we don't live as islands and that we're not isolated as individuals, but that we we communicate with one another, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. Plans failing for lack of counsel with many advisors, they succeed. 
uh, you know, a man thinks he's right in his own mind is a fool. Mm. So just kind of recognizing we have limitations and yeah. our sin nature is always going to bend us towards what we really, what we really want. You and Sarah, after the movie, Rachel and I, you know, when we want to go out to dinner, we have that conversation. What do you want to eat? Mm-hmm. And you, you maybe know, sometimes we don't really know. Yeah. But Rachel's always thinking, well, what does Neil really want? Mm. And I'm thinking, what does Rachel really want? Yeah. And so it, it's just trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the real reason? What's the motive? And in that instance, that's a selfless thing. That's a good thing, yeah. certainly. But you can also have that situation where it's like, well, I really know that I want a burger. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, just come out and just suggest that and let the chips fall where they may. And I think that that's part of part of what the instruction from scripture is, is, is just being honest, communicating honestly. Um, but unfortunately because of our sin nature and because our heart is deceitful, it's very difficult for us to do that. So seeking counsel, seeking advice, um, I think is a, an important thing. And on the front of the sermon, I addressed very briefly the, uh, decision court decision that was, you know, that week earlier of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yeah. And, one of the questions we're going to answer today is in relationship to that as well. Yeah. Um, anytime something like this happens, uh, you know, people start reaching out and wanting me to offer, you know, a lot of commentary and mm-hmm. Sunday mornings is not the place for that. And Sunday morning we're there to, sure. you know, look at the word of the Lord. And I've certainly talked about the core issue of, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade, which is abortion. Yeah. And we've talked about that and I've preached on that uh, in a series, in a sermon called Innocent Blood, in a series called The Seven. And, you know, you're welcome to reference that on the website. Just go to the sermon page, go to the archive page, and you'll see you'll see it up there as you do some digging. Yeah. Um, but we're going to answer that question today and then a yeah. couple of other questions unrelated to King of Hearts. King of Hearts hasn't gotten a whole lot of questions, and I kind of figured it might not. It's a series that's not yeah. necessarily... It seems like we are still... I don't know. It seems like it's almost like a delay. Like, people need time to process, and then yeah. they'll ask questions, mm-hmm. and it might be a couple weeks later, and... And that's fine. Like, right. You know, it's just that seems to be the trend so far. Um, we've also gotten a, a smattering of, of non-related, like other other questions that oh, aren't yeah. immediately related, which is great, too. Those yep. are those are really interesting as well. And I think super helpful. So why don't we dive in? Let's do it. All right. First question is this. Since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which is a decision that I feel the church should address, a friend who is pro-choice shared First Samuel 15.3. Would you care to elaborate on the meaning my friend is trying to portray? Thanks, guys. Well, we should probably start by reading First Samuel fifteen three, maybe, unless there's a different part of this question that you'd like to address first. Yeah. Well, yeah, I we'll get to that. Um, a couple of things. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, this, you know, listener writes in, which is a decision that I feel the church should address, and. What the church is called to address is abortion. That's what the church is called to address, not necessarily state legislation as it relates to abortion. Right. Um, our job is to communicate what the Bible says. Yeah. Our job, Romans 13, Peter, Daniel, uh, is to submit to the governing authorities unless those authorities lead us to do something that violates God's word. Right. And so... In the United States, abortion isn't mandatory. It's not a mandatory thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the government has done uh, and what the government did is it 
where it was an illegal thing is it made it legal, but it didn't make it mandatory. So it opened up options for people um, to have an abortion really for any any reason. Uh, there wasn't much um, to, to dig in. If the government had mandated everyone has to get an abortion, uh, then that's probably something that we would address on a Sunday morning from that platform, stand firm, yeah. right? Put on the armor of God and stand firm. And we'll just fight that fight and we'll take the lumps and we'll go to jail if that's what we have to do. Yeah. This is this is a different thing where the government, and which is a secular <laughs> entity, uh, certainly is never going to subscribe to the whole of Scripture. And so should the church address necessarily the Roe versus Wade being overturned? I don't even know specifically what the church would address. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this on Sunday a little bit because this is not all this does is eliminate it at the federal level. Right. It's still going to be decided, from my understanding, it's still going to be decided by the <clears> state. State by state. So it's not like there's this magnanimous victory where now all abortions are illegal um, in the United States and that there are there's penalty and clinics are shut down. You can't even go get an, an abortion. Mm-hmm. That to me would feel like more of, and I'll use the word victory, more of a victory in, in this sense. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to, there's still a lot to be deciphered at the state level. Sure. I think this is a step in the right direction. Oh, it's certainly. A, and it's huge. It's a magnificent step it's in the right direction. a magnificent step, but it's, it's, and it's, it <clears> is, <throat> it is large, but it's not, it's not complete. It's not um, comprehensive. Well, one of the the biggest challenges from a legislative standpoint was that states were not allowed to deal with it in the way that is right. the right way because of this court ruling. Right. Um, you know, they were subject to federal law. Yeah. Right. Um, so. so this is good, mm-hmm. but I think you know there's still a lot of ground. So um, my feeling and what I've just kind of sensed from the Lord and what I know of his what of his word and you know, the counsel that I seek in relationship to these things is what I said on Sunday is precisely all that needed to be addressed. Um, it's our yeah. uh, job's not done. Yeah. Abortion, same sex marriage, transgender, all these things are secondary issues. The core issue is that people do not subscribe to the Bible as the foundation of truth because they don't have faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the core issue. So if somebody comes up to you and what do you think about abortion? It's don't tell them what you think about abortion. You don't need to quote scripture to them. You need to start with the question, well, where do you get your truth from? Mm-hmm. That's the question that you need to ask them. And if they give you any answer besides the Bible, then your call from scripture, which comes from Romans 10, is to share with them the gospel message. Sure. Not necessarily the message of pro-life. I think that that can be a part of it. Yeah. But I think that the real issue is that people don't believe that the Bible is what the Bible says it is, that it's, yeah. it contains everything we need for life and godliness. It's, you know, Second Timothy 3, that it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. People don't subscribe to the Bible as the foundation of all truth. Yeah. So I try to encourage people not to get involved in secondary conversations, get to the primary issue, which is that people need faith. They need yeah. They need to subscribe to the Bible and the whole of Scripture and the literal part of Scripture 
as or the literal truths that come from scripture as as the foundation for all truth so if you've got another believer that you're having a conversation with well now now you're off to the races if you got somebody that says i believe in the bible and i believe you know this and this and this and then they start communicating well the bible and that's what this email is the, yeah. the bible gives permission for abortion well if you're having a conversation with another person within the household of faith now now you don't have to worry about what well, we get our now it comes to interpretation it's not where do you get your truth from it's how do you interpret that truth yeah and so that becomes a different conversation so i just want to address that um for anybody that might be listening that you know was dissatisfied at the level of um I think interaction I had with the topic on Sunday, I, yeah. wa- I wanted to get us back to the, you know, to baseline and, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Certainly it is a large step, but there's still much to be decided. Uh, we can't forget that the majority of abortions take place in China. Mm-hmm. Um, estimated. Yeah, it's not an American issue. It's a world issue. It's, it's a global issue. Yeah. And so certainly, you know, in the United States and, and this is a good decision, mm-hmm. but I mean, they estimate nearly 30 to 40 million abortions a year. Yeah. coming from China. So there's a, there's still a lot. So since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which is a decision that I feel the church should address a friend who is pro-choice share, 1 Samuel 15, 3. So let me go ahead and just read uh, 1 Samuel. Let me put it in some context. The Lord rejects Saul. We just talked about this. We were just in 16 on Sunday. And Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came up out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek, excuse me, and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. We brought this up in relationship to another topic on the podcast early, early, early on. Yeah. You know, this section of scripture for Samuel 15, because this is the one that's jarring for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is God, and this is this is God, commanding that the Amalekites uh, be wiped out, including the men, the women, the children, and uh, the ESV, you know, shows infant. Yeah. Even the animals, ox, sheep, camel, donkey, all, yeah. all animals. So this listener goes on to ask, would you care to elaborate on the meaning my friend is trying to portray? I don't really know the meaning that your friend is trying to portray. Um, We'd need your friend here to ask. But what I'm guessing your friend, if uh, they shared, and maybe this was on a post, social media post. If they posted something along with this verse or if they just posted this verse. Right, yeah. Um, So it's possible, you know, we're going to have to fill in some gaps here, but it's possible that what your friend is trying to communicate is, See, God's okay with children dying, potentially. Yep. In fact, God is the one who instructs um, Saul and his armies to go out and destroy men and women and children and infants. Yep. And so we don't really know what your friend is trying to portray, but if your friend is trying to portray that, then it's a really pretty straightforward uh, re- rebuttal. Yeah. Uh, context, right? Context is king. Yeah. So we talked about this on the podcast again or earlier episodes within this within war there there seems to be nothing off off limits and this is this is war this is uh, God having Saul who is king over Israel go to war in a battle against the Amalekites and 
sparing, sparing no one. Look at uh, Exodus 20, right? Murder. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. Yeah. Taking a life. Yeah. Taking a life in war seems to be, if God has ordained it, and we talked about this as it related to the Ukrainian war. Yeah. Um, if God has ordained it, God is the one who decides what sin is. Yeah. And part of sin is not just the action, it's the intent. Yeah. And so think about someone that uh, were to break into your house, mm-hmm. try to abduct one of your children. Oh, yeah. What would you stop at to stop that? The answer is nothing. nothing. You would do whatever it needed to do. Yeah. But by definition, wouldn't that be murder? Wouldn't that be the, the taking one person, taking another person's life? And the answer is is yes. The context that we see here in 1 Samuel 15 is war. Mm-hmm. So we can't apply that to a child mm-hmm. in the womb of a woman. The other thing I'll say about this is this is hard to accept. Right? It's easy to understand. It's hard to accept uh, because we instantly hear that word infant or child and we think these are innocent kids. Yeah. But God is sovereign. Yeah. Um, Psalm 24, uh, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Mm-hmm. All things of the earth belong to the Lord. What's that mean? It means God can do what he wants with his stuff, yeah. including infants and children. We have attached a certain innocence to children. <clears throat> Psalm, uh, David tells us in the Psalms that he was born in iniquity. Yeah. Children, infants are, are sinners. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that God doing that is justified. God doesn't need to justify his actions at all. Mm-hmm. But this, this innocence that we attach to, to children is... Um, in the eyes of the Lord, they're still born in in iniquity. Yeah. Uh, David goes on to talk about in my mother's womb, you you knew me, um, and so God God knows God knows the heart. But in this context, because God owns everything, and yeah. it's His right to do with it what He wants. Again, tough to accept, but easy to understand. Mm-hmm. This was what He felt was best for His chosen nation of Israel. Yeah. In the context of abortion, uh, we need to go to um, Exodus chapter 21, because this is really where the Bible doesn't have a whole lot to say about abortion or about um, when life begins, right? Because that's the argument, when does life begin? And in Exodus 21, uh, you've got Moses communicating all of these rules to the nation of Israel. They had just gotten out of Egypt under the uh, yoke of slavery to Pharaoh. He's got these laws. He says, when men strive together, when men are fighting, when men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fined as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, he shall pay life for a life. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So if a woman is carrying a child, and two men are fighting, and they, a woman happens to get caught up in that tussle, and they hit the pregnant woman, and she loses the child, scriptures say life for a life. Yeah. God deems that unborn baby a life. Yeah. Again, go to Psalm 139, 
God knows us before we even exist. God considers it a life. And so knowing that that is a life and knowing that God considers it life, when you take that life, that is murder. It is not war. It is not specifically commanded by God. And we got to be careful with things like that because that's a specific narrative. Those were specific words for a specific guy for a specific time to a specific group of people. Narrative and normative, we need to be careful with that. And we need to be careful with that in Exodus as well. But what Exodus does is it tells us that God considers an unborn child a life. And if that's what God considers to be a life, that's what we must consider to be a life. When you take the life of the unborn child, that is murder and that is sinful. God's design um, for life never allows for, for that. That's something that man has invented. So potentially what your friend is saying in this particular section of Scripture is that God kills children and infants, therefore we as people can kill, well, I guess in this case it would have to be unborn, unborn children. If you want to compare apples to apples, these children in 1 Samuel 15 are, they're out of the womb. They're infants. They're they're children. And so if you want to use this text as a proof text for murder, well, I don't think anybody would feel comfortable with, you know, uh, saying that God is okay if you walk into, I mean, think about the tragedy that just happened in Texas. That's awful. Nobody was okay with that. No. Nobody was okay with that. And those are, think about Sandy Hook. Nobody was okay with that. Those were little, little kids. It's horrific. It's horrific. But if we're going to use 1 Samuel 15 in its context as a defense for an act, it would need to defend those acts. It would need to say Sandy Hook was okay. Or, you know, taking the life of any child is okay. To try to twist that and make it seem like, okay, well, this, is, this makes abortions permissible. And the reason I think this uh, person's friend might be thinking that is because he says they're pro-choice, or they say they're pro-choice, rather. Who is yeah. pro-choice? Share 1 Samuel 15.3. So would you care to elaborate on the meaning that my friend is trying to portray? They're they're probably trying to twist scripture and say that abortions are fine because God killed infants and children in um, 1 Samuel 15. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me when someone wants to cherry pick from scripture to try and argue against a scriptural viewpoint. or something within the biblical worldview. One thing on context that's interesting is that in the Old Testament, it's somewhat, it's somewhat normative that God calls his chosen... Well, God's mission is to preserve and uphold uh, and protect his people, his chosen people, in a foreign land and to give them an inheritance in that land. The Amalekites had a history of being um, incredibly wicked people, idolatrous, enemies of God, enemies of his people. And they had sort of up for themselves uh, the wrath of God. And so contextually, it's not just some random, all right, go and kill these random people. These were people who, one, had rebelled against God and were his enemies and enemies of his people and actually had a history of um, being quite nasty against the Israelites, God's chosen people. So they had sinned against God. They were... um, 
demonstrably a wicked, wicked people. Uh, and so you have that one pers- that one one factor of <laughs> God's wrath was upon them. But two, there's also this um, there's also the theme of reducing um, the in the evil influence of evil cultures uh, and, and God. Uh, commanding Israel to destroy this nation was an act of judgment upon them for their past sins and uh, God's judgment against them to make it impossible for them to continue to influence through their evil. And so a judgment upon these people, which it's interesting that this person is pro-choice, brings this up saying that a judgment upon a people is that their children are destroyed, their progeny is their, is destroyed, they no longer have descendants. And so I find it interesting they'd use that because is it in and I'm not I, you can only read so much into this but it's interesting that someone who's fighting for the right to destroy their own descendants is pointing to a scripture that shows that the destruction of descendants is the judgment of God is interesting to me yeah so and that's all I can say about that but yet yeah, you can't you can't cherry pick from scripture and say well what about this when you don't appeal to all of scripture this is a scripture in which God is doing what God wants to do because it's for his glory and he gets to do what he wants to do with his universe. He's also wanting to strike fear into those who are going to oppose Israel. Sure. And yeah, we talked about too. this as it relates to Ananias and Sapphira. Why did Ananias yeah. and Sapphira? I mean, because the Amalekites were sinful, but so were the Israelites. Sure. I mean, just yeah. a bunch of dodo brains sometimes. <laughs> You're just doing the same Where'd thing. Where'd Moses go? I don't know. Right. Let's build an idol. Right. You got any jewelry? You got any gold? Right. You won't melt this Figaro bracelet? like so they made a mess of things as well but god chose to extend his grace and his mercy Mm -hmm. to them because they were his chosen people again hard to accept but easy to understand god chooses yeah people and god has a certain amount of grace a specific grace, a saving grace for his kids. Yeah. He'll make allowances for his kids that he won't make for others. Yeah. Case in point, you're at a theater and you've got a 10-year-old, right? Yeah. Or 11-year-old that yeah. is just kind of going bonkers and being a little bit wild. Yeah, You know, fast forward eight years, nine years, 10 years, whatever it is, and Judah happens to be having a wild day and you're at the same place, you would think, and you may disagree, you know, well, Mike's son wouldn't do that. And oh, he would do him. that. I just wouldn't take him to a theater. You probably wouldn't take him to a theater, <laughs> but but maybe but, you would have grace. Yeah. Kids do things that, the kids are people. Kids do annoying things. Yeah. If Henry came up, and Henry has come up, and, and he takes his cat, this little stuffed cat, and just shoves it in my face, meow. And just has got this cat literally punching me in the face. It seems like it happened for real. It, it, I'm not making this up. Yeah. Like this happens on a regular basis. <laughs> and I can't see. And the fur is getting in my eyes. My, it hurt. It hurts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, look at him. He's making his little cat live. If someone else's kid came up and did that to me, I, I would very quickly just stand up and I wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Uh, I would find that maybe uh, frustrating. Or, yeah. or maybe even, dare I say, annoying. Yeah. And you'll have conversations with people. They're like, I don't like other people's kids. Yeah. And they're not trying to be mean. They're just saying, sure. they. what they're saying is they don't have the same, they don't have the same bandwidth and forgiveness yeah. and patience meter yeah. for anybody else. Yeah. Say, and that that's how God yeah. is. 
when it comes to his his chosen. Doesn't yeah. mean that he look turns a blind eye to sin. No, but <laughs> his grace is yeah. is different. Yeah, he extends it. He's rich in grace and mercy, and is by grace we've been saved through faith. Yeah. And so that grace that it gets that salvific grace by way of faith, salvific mm-hmm. faith, allows us to live under the law of freedom, where all things are permissible, not all things are beneficial, but we don't use our freedom to indulge in the flesh. Yeah. So God's God's mercy and grace is on. There's a deep well of it. Yeah. For a particular reason he he covenanted with israel for a particular purpose he right. was preserving a people for himself and then we see in the new testament that out of those still people, god's chosen people like that oh. you read revelation like you when you really dig into revelation like there's still some stuff that you know jewish people are going to experience and it's those that are are jewish converts i should say mm-hmm. but within that lineage and it gets pretty complex but that hasn't gone away just because salvation has been open to the to the Jew and the Gentile. The nation of Israel is still God's chosen nation, even today. And again, that gets complex. If you want to know more, email the podcast. <laughs> and we can dig, dig into it a little bit. So out of those chosen people, God is preserving for himself, and out of them comes what? The Savior, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so this, again, this all goes back to his master plan. This is all according to his plan, all according to what he wants to do in and throughout history. Um, and so the, the first Samuel 15 thing is all a part of that story. It's mm-hmm. not arbitrary and it might seem like, Oh, this is out of left field for us. Well, yeah, you don't know the mind of God. You don't get right. to see, it's not like he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And I just right. wanted to let you in on this. What so do you that guys think? I just want to make sure you're not judging me unfairly. Cause I want you to really like what I'm doing. And like he yeah. doesn't give a, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what you think of him. He's God and he gets to do what he wants. And that's why we're so thankful that we can say the judge of all the world will do justly. He right. will do right. Um, and what's interesting about that, that leading up to Christ coming, and I just find it so interesting that we get glimpses of the fact that Jesus is in the womb. That Je- Like when Mary and Elizabeth are together, yeah. you have an incredibly... Um, Descriptive. Unborn af- life affirmative moment of yeah. uh, of what's happening within their wombs right. and and the Holy Spirit being present there. And so some might say, and I don't disagree with this, that actually like uh, pro-abortion arguments are fundamentally a Christological heresy. They deny the personhood of Jesus in the womb, whereas Jesus was... Jesus in the womb, yeah. and we see that in the Gospels, which is really fascinating. Um, so there's a lot there. I think going back to this this fundamental conversation, and I'm so glad that we live in God's world that that attests to the the truth of Scripture. We get to not just look at Scripture, but everything else in the world tells us what scripture is already saying. Mm. We can look at science that tells us, oh, this isn't just a clump of cells. There's more here. We get to look at multiple places where we can say, look, so scripture is right. Scripture is true. It's not like we're saying something that's just off the wall and there's no other proof of it in, uh, in the universe. And we're just, uh, so you get what I'm saying? Like there's, it's not just that we have scripture and that's all we can rely on. Not saying that that's not the baseline of our sure. of of what determines reality. That is the determiner of reality. 
and then we see that attested to within nature and we see that i mean that's the reality that paul is talking about in romans that <laughs> the world and everything in it attests to a creator and all of it is a consistently created world created by one god yeah. and his word opens that up and defines that reality for us so i don't think we need to be afraid of what scripture has in it um and we don't need when, to apologize for no it. Yeah. and and that's the thing is like i would just say to someone like this who's like again they're cherry picking scripture yeah. they're not looking at scripture um obviously context i i highly doubt someone who's using this as some kind of argument which again we're we have limited information here Very, of what the yeah. argument actually is mm -hmm. uh it's most like i don't feel i don't feel like i'm going out on a limb to say it's probably not consistent argumentation um but they just they are not putting themselves in a position to be able to use scripture consistently yeah so until they can do that then they really have no right to attest to scripture until they know how to use it correctly and look at it in context so yeah. anyways no i think this is a it's a great question thank you for asking it and just you know a word of caution to to our church family to you know all those in the household of faith is be on the lookout for these things yeah. last week oh yeah exactly last, last week, week we was, a, was a twisting of scripture in relationship to uh binary the, the binary non-binary argument yeah. um and how people are identifying these days and this week the twisting of scripture yeah. it's what the enemy has been doing since the garden uh, twisting yeah. god's words it's what he did with jesus in the wilderness like we talked about last week i mean it's going to continue yeah. And so it's really important that we understand context and it's really important that we recognize that we don't need to apologize for God's word. Like we don't, we don't need to apologize for Exodus, you know, 21 that, that defines the, a child an unborn child of life. We don't need to apologize for that. Um, the world is going to push tolerance and the world, especially in this abortion argument will start to appeal, try to appeal to, the emotional side of things. Um, yeah. Obviously the discussion surrounding uh, rape yeah. is there. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a, an incredibly sensitive topic to discuss. Yeah. Um, health concerns are there. If a woman is, uh, you know, could die during birth, you mm -hmm. know, what all of these have factors. Um, but we need to remember that God never uses sin to correct sin. Right. He never uses sin to correct sin. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the Lord, being who he is, being sovereign, has already determined what your life will be. I'll, I'll read this real quick. This, yeah. this is a this is a bit of I'm gonna so for my own study right now, I'm in the book of um Ecclesiastes. And this go round of it has just been so eye-opening in so many different ways. Um, but I was in this the other day. And the ESV translates it pretty good. I actually like the New Living Translation a little bit better when it comes to this, but I'll explain it. Whatever has come to be has already been named, mm. and it is known what man is, and that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. Let me paraphrase that. Uh, whatever has come, whatever has happened, has been predetermined by God. Whatever you are has been predetermined by God. And so there's no use in arguing with God about it. Mm. It's it's predetermined. And mm. so 
again, that's easy to understand. Everything's planned out, but yeah. I don't feel like a robot. It it is complex, yeah. but it's already it's already predetermined. And so God is even when bad things happen to good people, the Lord allows those things. But what He never encourages is the sin to correct sin. And someone might say, well, wait a second, we just read eye for an eye. So if someone kills somebody, then that other person is being killed. But but one of those, one of those, the initial one is, is murder. And the other one is judgment. Yeah. It's discipline. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we just keep our eyes peeled and our yeah. ears close to yeah. um, you know the spirit that lives and dwells in us and gives us truth through his word yeah. because these arguments are going to continue to get more and more convoluted with scripture yeah people are going to continue oh, for to sure. just twist and... it's amazing for people who completely dismiss the bible how much they want to use the bible to support what they want to do even though they claim to not care what the bible has to say well they think they think they find this golden nugget that they're going right. to I mean, this has been around for a long time. The you Bible, know? you mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Been, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's lots more conversation to be had, but I don't think we have time for it here. Yes. <laughs> so, moving on to another doozy. <laughs> it's the day of doozies. It is. So God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Yes, He is. He knew the fall was going to happen. Why didn't He stop it? simple answer or complex answer uh i think i'll go simple first yeah. why didn't you stop um because he didn't want to next question, right, next question. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah yeah i mean we just talked about that yeah god owns everything yeah it's he, his stuff. It's his story. It's what he, he wants to do he wasn't surprised by adam and eve he wasn't no. surprised when uh, lucifer uh, was filled with pride, you know, Satan, um, Lucifer being his angelic name. Uh, he, none of these things are surprising him. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not a superhero movie where, you know, Superman knows the plan, but he, and if he can just get there in time to stop, stop the bomb from right. going off and throw it to space that well, everyone then he has will to be fly safe. backwards and turn time back. Turn somehow. back time. Was that, was that Superman too? That was Cher. <laughs> If we could turn back time, <laughs> oh, that's if good. Superman could find a way. That's good. Am I doing it? That was good. I like yeah. That. <laughs> Boy, it's cold. Oh, My man. share is normally much better than that. Yeah, I can. I, don't know I if can I've tell. ever done share before. Lots of congestion. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so this isn't. It's not a movie where he was racing against the clock. He knew precisely what was going to happen. Yeah. The question is, why did he let it happen? The real answer is, why we don't know. <laughs> let me say that again. Why we don't know. <laughs> all, all of it's a bit of a mystery, right? Yeah. I mean, we can insert all kinds of narratives. Scripture doesn't tell us God created everything, and here's why he created it. He yeah. does, in a sense, you know, Ephesians 2.10, we're God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do mm -hmm. good works. That's what we were created. Yeah. Why do you need us to do the works? We didn't, didn't need anything. No. People, I've heard all kinds of things. I had somebody shout out during a sermon one time. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, at me uh, in relationship, I had asked a, a question. Um, you know, what does God need? 
And the answer was nothing, but he needs us to love him is what somebody shouted out. Okay. I simply said, like, see me after class. Kind of a, kind of a <laughs> that joke. That was a little bit more than that, yeah. but I was like, no. Essentially. <laughs> I was like, yeah, God is love. He doesn't need love. He's the defining thing of love. And then yeah. there was a bit of back and forth and I wound up having a great conversation with the person afterwards. And, yeah. But God, God's complete. He needs, he needs nothing. Yeah. So, so why? Well, we can assume some things, right? Like, and there are certain well-known pastors and theologians that would roll their eyes at this and disagree, but there are certain characteristics of God that can only be revealed in a sinful world. Mm. You, you, you don't need grace. Where do you need grace outside of sin? What about faith? What about forgiveness? What about mercy? How are these things exercised in a sinful, outside of a sinful, fallen, broken world? Where do you get discipline from? Where do you get judgment? And so there is a line of thinking that some subscribe to that the reason God allowed all this is so that his glory could be revealed. And we see in scripture that God is out for his glory and all things are made by him, for him, and through him. Yeah. For his glory. Yeah. So we know that is at least one sure aspect of it. That's right. But is that comprehensive? Right. You know, and so we know that that's certainly, that's certainly part of it. But then if you want to take that, I mean, a third of the angels fell. Yeah. Couldn't he have showed grace and mercy to them and done that whole thing? Why does he need to create man? And so yeah. well, part of his glory. And, and, and so it winds up being this... Um, circuitous thing where you're just kind of going you're going rounds and rounds with with theology god didn't stop the fall from happening because he didn't want to stop it and where that can get even more complex is well if you have the power to stop something and you don't then aren't you responsible for that thing Mm. and so because god had the power to stop sin and he didn't then he's the inventor of sin right which i mean we if you want to go down that trail being a sovereign God, there's there's the difference between allowing something to happen and then and then doing doing something. There's a difference between me allowing Henry to jump on the couch, knowing that he's gonna fall, and then me taking Henry and throwing him on the floor my, myself. And so is God's allowance of something the endorsement of something? And then you have to get into the language of, well, if he is sovereign and he has power over all things, that means that he ordains all things. And it winds up, I wind up getting to a point in these types of discussions where I just, I, I just bow out mm. because, and I feel comfortable doing it because there is no, there is no real answer. The Bible answers the questions we're supposed to be asking. And part of the origin of sin, the most complex doctrine to me is the origin of sin. Like, homardiology is really, that's really complex because if God is sovereign and sin exists, and I'm being redundant here, and he had the power to stop, then it, then it becomes really, really difficult. And yeah. so the answer of him revealing his glory and all that seems like a satisfying answer until you start thinking about, you know, the angels and what could have happened um, in relationship to grace and mercy there. So God allowing sin to come into the world doesn't lessen his omnipotence, his power, 
doesn't limit his knowledge. He's still omniscient and certainly doesn't prevent him from being omnipresent in all yeah. places at all times. What it does is it almost reinforces it. Like to me, he had a greater a greater plan. Yeah. Think about the 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 Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Without without the fall, you know, would we? What what would Jesus be doing? What was the Holy Spirit doing? You know, you look at the the Hebrew in the beginning, God. I think the Hebrew word for that is Elohim. It's a it's a plural noun. So the Trinity exists in the very first verse in our version of the Bible. So the Trinity is there. Let us make man in our our image. Plurality. Yeah, there's plurality there, um, but we don't see redemption without Jesus. We don't get to see the miracles. Yeah. Um, so God felt that sin was a necessary piece to his plan. And so he allowed it to happen. And just because you allow something doesn't necessarily mean you endorse it. Yeah. You got thoughts on all this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the simple answer is because God wanted to, and he doesn't tell us why. Right. He, he, we know some of the stuff. We know some of the information like we talked about. Yeah. Everything is ultimately for God's glory. So he obviously, one of the things we know for sure is that he's out for his glory. So he did this for his glory and he's going to glorify himself in all of history. Some way, somehow, and we see some of that revealed in Scripture, and a lot of it we don't see it revealed. A lot of it he doesn't tell us. Right. Um, again, this goes back to God getting to do what he wants, and he doesn't owe us an explanation. He right. gets to do with us what he wants, and thankfully, and by his grace, he has revealed some answers for us, some information, enough that we can know him and love him and respond to him. So, um, yeah, so I think about that. I also think about you know the blessings that we receive um, due to this pathway of history. Let's say Adam and Eve, never, there is no fall, and they remain, you know, the greatest of, you know, God's, you know, God's workmanship within creation. I don't know. It doesn't tell us what would have happened if right. they kind of passed through that probationary period without sinning, without the fall. Um, uh, assuming they would have stayed in the same state, but maybe at that point perfected uh, against all future possibility of a fall. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, they certainly would not be co-heirs with Christ, called his brothers and sisters, called his friends and sons and daughters of God. Um, they certainly would not experience the close love of a Savior who came and laid down his life for them. They would not uh, receive that inheritance uh, that's promised to them of of life everlasting in the same way that that we do now yeah. uh, that promise beyond and certainly like you said it's almost like those things are all, are now sweeter because of the sin because of we've seen and tasted the darkness those things are even sweeter because we have that that contrasting experience so i don't know we we don't have all the answers but what we do know is god is out for his glory god um and god he works does what all he wants things and he works all good. things together for even the good of those sin. who love him yeah even our sin, and we've received really amazing things when we did not deserve them. Yeah. And I've thought about that, you know, and there's no way to know, and you can't really speculate, but had Adam, had Eve not taken the fruit in that moment, do you think Satan would have just been like, oh, okay, and then just moved on? <laughs> Slithered away. God gave Satan a certain amount of limited certainly limited power you know we see that in job he needs to ask god's permission to do certain things but he gave him some dominion yeah over the earth and so he was 
it wouldn't he would have he would have been relentless think about satan it, you know, not satan specifically satan's not omnipresent but think about sin in your own life yeah. it's mine's relenting yeah. you know i've had i've had certain sin oh we've talked about this as it relates to to lust right sure you know you're doing great two months three months four months five months and all of a sudden it's like Psst, hey what are you doing and you're like, ah, like, so if they had resisted, had Eve resisted in that moment, and it, it certainly was God's plan Oh yeah, um, that he allowed it in yeah. that moment, but it, it, it would have, yeah. even if Adam and Eve had escaped and God yeah. had them procreate, you know, mm-hmm. we see that. Look at, look at when murder happens. Yeah. It's our kids, right? Literally the first like children right, <laughs> are like, hey, we're going to kill each other. Right doesn't take long for sin to be as horrific as it can be. Every other husband and wife at that point should have been like, one and done. (laughs) Look what they did. They had a bunch. Cain and Abel, did you hear about them? Yeah. You can't have two kids in the same household. (laughs) Is that Vinny? They either kill each other or they (laughs) procreate. Right. uh, That's We had a uh, stranger. (laughs) In high school, had a professor, not professor, a teacher, a science teacher that posed... uh, the question, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Oh, yeah. Then he used to always just go, smoothies. That sounds weird. That's <laughs> creepy. <laughs> he was so cool. Oh, yeah, he was funny. an eccentric um, fella. Yeah. But it's yeah. sad you, you gave him professor and then took it back. It's like, we do not grant you the rank of professor. I, I don't, can't, you can't be a professor. I don't think so. I think, no. yeah. I don't You're know. You're just a lowly teacher. Oh, it's <laughs> tough job. Yeah. Oh yeah, I. I mm. Mm. Anyways, yeah. we already we already saw how I deal with one child. Oh my! In a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're not. Nobody's gonna give you permission over many children. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, interesting question. It's yeah. a good question. It's a question that people have been asking forever. Uh, it's and and like you kind of started talking through like. There's a million directions to go philosophically. There's a million books on yeah. this. I mean, it's yeah. interesting if you're wanting to to dive into it. There, There is more to discuss and more to explore about the topic, but ultimately you're going to wind up in the same place of saying there are certain things that are that are mysteries that God has withheld for his own glory, and he only has told us so much. He told us how much he wants to tell us because yeah. he's God. He gets to do whatever he wants and gets to tell us how much he wants or withhold as much as he wants because he's God. So It's a... Be cautious as you dig into this, though, if yeah. you do dig into it even more, because there's a lot of resources out there that'll get you off track. And yeah. the moment you start thinking that God's plan isn't good yeah. is the moment you need to just bow out. Yeah. Well, this that question, it's the question of evil, is certainly one that is used by a lot of atheists as a reason for rejecting the faith. Right. Because, uh, the, because they haven't come up with the answer that they want to find. Right. It drives them in a certain direction. So yeah, and the answer because God wanted to doesn't doesn't satisfy. It doesn't it. satisfy the sinful mind. No, it's stuffy in here. It is. <laughs> What's going on? I feel like we're like this is some sort of torture. We're being forced to podcast in extreme <laughs> heat under the lights. Keep answering questions. <laughs> More successively, right. Uh, difficult questions. Answer it. Ha, none of this was recorded. Start over. <laughs> I literally have nightmares about that. Well, or it'll be nightmares like countdown is going and I look down and like, oh, I never picked out songs for the team and I didn't put songs in pro presenter and my pedal board is not set up and it, there's 20 seconds left on the countdown. I've had some stuff like that. Yeah. 
I had an interesting dream the other day, actually, of I was leading with um, people from other churches and stuff, and I don't know why things were set up this way. But was that my, a dream or it was a dream interview? What were you? No. Were you interviewing at another church? No, it was a dream. No, I was. No, it was here. It was here, but like I heard, like somewhere. I, you know how those dreams are. Yeah. In retrospect, you're like, well, that, none of that made sense. Right. But uh, like my in ears and my pedal board was all Why plugged. Was Scooby like, power. Raggy. <laughs> <laughs> All of it was powered by the one plug. And so I remember my part to come in on a song I played and nothing happened. I looked down and my mm. pedal board is like powered off. And I look over and someone's just like, oh, yeah, this cable was in my way. So I unplugged it. Like, mm. are you? Mm. I used to have pedal board nightmares. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you spend all that time wiring it. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, at, at our core, we don't yeah. trust ourselves to no. wire things. No. <laughs> and oh, yeah. It was just yeah. absolutely awful. Well, even Sunday. Um, First service, closing song, I am up and, you know, I move my pedal board back so mm -hmm. that, you know, because you like to you like to march around the stage. I do. And so I, I move it back up and go to plug it in. So Chris knows that I got to plug stuff back in. So he's got things muted. Mutes me. Yeah. So song starts and there's a pretty big like, ba, ba, like right. with the electric guitar yeah. after a, like a drum lead in. So it's yeah. supposed to be pretty, like not dramatic, but kind of like Epic. a big like, yeah. Yeah. And so I do that and nothing. And I look down and I'm like, surely it can't be happening now. But you know, when you're just like a wire came undone, right. something's wrong with my board. Yeah. And I look up and Chris like hit the un unmuted me and then it was good to go. So I felt a, a mountain of relief. Oh, that's the worst. You know? So anyways. All right. What do we got? Last question is this. I know, man, it's hot in here. We need a fan. What is man's... What is a man's spiritual obligation to his household? This is a good question. That is a good question. Um, so I think the best place to go for that would be Ephesians. You know what I didn't do is bookmarks. Yeah. The uh, the had prevented my brain from working to get <laughs> bookmarks. I was prevented for 30 days. <laughs> I, I contended with Sudafed. The moment I read that question, I began looking for bookmarks. <laughs> you um, should get the little tabs that you stick in and have like the... I thought about getting a, a tab. Is that too much? Bible, you know. Yeah. You got oh, yeah, with little, like the yeah. little built-in tabs. Those yeah. are nice. So Ephesians chapter 5, um, and we've, we've addressed this on the podcast uh, a little bit. I'll start in verse... Um, yeah, let's start with verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water in the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, 
just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So that's not a comprehensive answer, because household uh, could mean children, and we can get into that. But the foundation of a household starts with uh, a husband and a wife. Right. The two become one flesh. Yeah. And there's some really important things that are stated here. And some of the obvious ones are obviously love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I think we I think we know that. We've talked about that on the podcast. There are some other things that I wanna wanna point out. What Paul is teaching, um, specifically the husbands of Ephesus is that they should be loving their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Those two words, nourish and cherish, are words that need to find their way in more marriages. Mm. I don't know what the deal is (laughs) with dudes, but so many of the interactions I've had over the last 12 years in ministry as it relates to just the interaction between a husband and a wife is men begin to, and this is not specifically and exclusively men, but men have this nasty habit of just taking their wives for granted. And because the language in Ephesians 5 is for the wives to submit to the husband, they'll start to abuse that Mm -hmm. and just allow the wife to nourish them and cherish them Mm. where the husband is not nourishing is like, what's that mean? Feeding your wife. When you nourish a child, you feed it. When you nourish a garden, you water it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you nourish a hobby, you feed it, you feed it, you feed it, you, you have to feed it. So what does it mean to feed your wife? Well, feed your wife. What? The fruit of the spirit. Mm. Feed, feed your wife that fruit. Yeah. Show your wife love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Feed her the fruit of the Spirit. You love her. How do you love her? You, like, you love her like Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. You make allowance for her faults. How do, you, how do you have joy? I mean, People are just mopey these days. There's a lot of mopey people. Joy is something that we lack in the church quite a bit. But but joy and happiness, where does your joy come from? It comes from your identity. What's your identity? You're you're if you're a man, you're you're a son of the living king. Like your salvation is secure. This should well up with joy in you. And then you should be sharing that joy. You shouldn't come home from work, you know, all bent out of shape and upset and yeah, I understand everybody has hard days, but you got to nourish nourish your wife, feed your wife that fruit of the Spirit. And then outside of Scripture, meaning a specific verse, be selfless. Selfless. You nourish your wife by feeding her what she wants to eat. What does she want to do? What does she need a break from? You said something really interesting in relationship to your and Sarah's trip to the movies. Sarah really needed a break. Why? Because she's the primary caregiver of your kids. Mm -hmm. She's at home laboring all day long. 
some women have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Some women work yeah. um, outside of the home yeah. and have jobs. Either way, they're doing something. Yeah. They're doing something. And traditionally, out in a in a traditional home, and I'll say traditional, yeah. kids and it's not it's not that the mothers and the fathers but kids naturally have a different relationship with their mother yeah middle of the night when henry needs somebody he's not calling for me we didn't teach him that yeah who taught him that rachel wasn't like listen when you go to bed if you need something you call me you know let's make daddy feel bad but you did you're like all right listen i i'm gonna be sleeping if you need something yes mom i said to him i said listen <laughs> Just do, do you like ice cream cones and he's like, I do. I was like, well, I got an ice cream cone for you if you do me a favor. <laughs> he's like, what's the favor? And I said, shh, 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 shh. It's a good thing Rachel doesn't listen to this. No, no. She'd no. be very upset if she heard this secret. I, Rachel doesn't even know we have a podcast. Well, you had to. You, you never know when something like this <laughs> is going to why, why are out. you home so late on Tuesdays? <laughs> like, Jared makes me go to the movies every Tuesday. <laughs> wants me to watch this stupid movie, Top Gun or something. He wants to go to some kid's movie and yell at kids. I don't know. He's like, hey, Clifford's playing. You want to go? You want to go yell at some kids? You would go heckle them. <laughs> hey, look at you with your mouth chewing. <laughs> nourish, nourish, feed your wives, yeah. and then cherish. Yeah, cherish. What's that mean? That means care with the utmost detail. Care with the utmost detail. I want you to think about something in your home, maybe. Uh, maybe a guitar or an item you got passed down from your grandfather or mm. a necklace you got from your grandma. Yeah. Like you just take that thing off and just throw it on the bathroom counter next to your toothbrush and toothpaste. Mm. Or do you take it off? Do you clean it? Is there a special spot for it? Do you cherish it? Do you oh, think good. about it when you're not wearing it? That's really when good. you do put it on, does it bring to mind memories and thoughts and deep love and joy and happiness? cherish your wives you handle her with the utmost care in the details listen to her listen to what she's saying be selfless that's what that's what christ's love for the church that's one facet of christ's love for the church christ loves the church he cherishes the church he makes allowance for the church's fault you and i spit in the face of jesus christ every single day in our sin we're no different than the people that were nailing him to that cross. Like, we're the same. And in his love for us, he feeds us. He's the bread of life, and he cherishes us. He cares for us with the utmost detail. He's in the nuances. I've, I've got guitars that are just precious to me because they have, they have um, sentimental value. The ones that I played. The ones. Like- <laughs> Jared touched this guitar. Right. <laughs> By the sweat of his hand. <laughs> um, and I mean, when I when I care for those guitars, I clean yeah. them and I, I'll get a Q-tip out. I mean, it's the detail of it. Yeah. There's an interesting, let's see if, come on, Clariton. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fail me now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would say that when it comes to like memoriz- memorizing scripture or memorization of scripture, I do a pretty good job of remembering the verses themselves. Yeah. But sometimes the references. The reference is the tough one. Yes, the sometimes. references are, are really challenging. 
Um, all right. There it is. The Lord's good. Let me read this. This, this changed me. This changed me in my approach to marriage. This is terrifying. We'll start here. Uh, this is Peter speaking to uh, wives. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing that you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. There's that language again. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, lowercase l, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now listen to this, guys. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. I'll talk about that in a second. Since they are heirs with you, of the grace of life. And why does he tell us to live with our wives in an understanding way and to honor our wives? Very last sentence. So that your prayers may not be hindered. Yeah. This is the only place in scripture that I know of, and I've looked for others, <laughs> where God straight up says, if you don't do this, I'm going to hinder your prayers. I'm not going to answer your prayers. Uh, like, that's terrifying. If we don't honor our wives in an understanding way. That word weaker vessel there, depending on who who you read, um, that word weaker literally just means weaker. It, it's not beyond that. Yeah. Whether or not that's alluding to the physical strength. Physical strength. Physical strength. Like um, it's not weaker in mind. It's not less in value. Right. Uh, weaker vessel um, could could potentially throw back to Genesis where Adam is given a helper. And weaker not in the negative sense, but but just weaker as in less less potent, mm. perhaps. It all depends on how. So don't get hung up on that. It's not it's not degrading towards women in any way, shape, or form. More than likely in this context, it's talking about just physical stature. Right. And by nature, we know that women are physically typically shorter and um, don't have the strength that, that men have. Yeah. There are exceptions to every rule, right? Yeah. The instruction from Peter is to live with our wives in an understanding way and show honor to them. How do we honor them? By nourishing and cherishing them. That's how we honor them. When it comes to the household as a whole, part of that nourishing is spiritual. We need to be leading our wives in their spiritual walk with the Lord. That starts with how you live your life, Mm -hmm. you can't sit there and do whatever you want to do and then hold her to a different standard. Right. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. You got to shore up your own stuff. Yep. Get your junk in order. Yep. Clean your house, get your house in order. And then you can start to lead through Bible study, through prayer. And this widens up to the children as well. The instructions mm -hmm. specifically to men are don't exasperate your children. Yeah. Like don't, if you know that your kid is struggling in a certain area or dealing with a certain thing, 
then do your best not to aggravate that thing. It's like if you've got a bum ankle and you know that running hurts it, then just don't run. Right. You just don't run. You figure out other things. If you know your child is sensitive in a particular area or dealing with um, some wiring that may be atypical uh, or even typical, you have to make allowance for their faults, their people, make allowance for the faults, and, and don't aggravate don't push buttons just to push buttons. Yeah. Children are to honor their parents and, and fathers. The instruction of fathers is don't don't dig at your kids. And it's interesting that the scriptures talk to men specifically about that because men are often more project-focused. We've talked about this. Women are more people-focused. Men are more project-focused. And so we'll view our kids as a project. Sure. Any parent that has a small child who hasn't walked yet is viewing their child as a project. When can we get them to walk? How do we do this? We got we got all these milestones. When are they yeah. going to talk? When are they going to do this? I mean, you guys, Addison's starting to talk now. and Yeah, she's talking a lot. Judah's starting to talk. Right. But it's like, you know, you just, how do I do this? How do I get this accomplished? And it's all yeah. in the, Lord, the Lord's timing. So the yeah. responsibility of the household as a whole, obligation, the command, is that we lead our homes spiritually. We, we nourish our homes. We feed the home spiritually yeah. through example, and then through actually taking our families through certain books, certain studies, you pray together. Everything you do is salt and light. But what what the children see starts with mom and mom and dad. And children will see if dad is not honoring mom, mm-hmm. if dad is short fused, mm-hmm. sharp tongued. They'll see if he's not nourishing her, if if it's always yard house hamburgers <laughs> because Jared likes yard house hamburgers and it's never, I don't know what Sarah like. Uh, she likes all kinds of stuff. Um, Just name something that's not yard house. Um, Chipotle. If it's always yard house hamburgers because <laughs> Jared likes, we'll edit this. Yard house hamburgers. Just say Chipotle and we'll move on. And it's never <laughs> Chipotle. <laughs> and it's never Chipotle. That's not, that's selfish. Yeah. The kids will see that. You know, if, oh man, like, uh, I'm trying to figure out if this is, I have known situations where the man has taken the very best for himself mm. and left his wife and children with the leftovers. Mm. Whether it's financially, whether it's a meal, whether it's a car, it, I mean, men sacrifice. Yeah. The love that Jesus displayed for his church was rooted in sacrifice. Yeah. It started in sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Your kids need new shoes before you need a boat. Yeah. Your wife needs a day out, you know, with the girls to maybe get her nails done or whatever she wants to do or to go just sit and drink Starbucks before you need to play another round of golf. Right. You sacrifice. That's what cherishing your wife is. Yeah. If you don't do this, your prayers can be hindered. I have sat with men before and and, and couples before and shared this with them. And is there anything you've been praying for for a long time? And I'm like, I can't, I'm not the mind of God. I mm-hmm. don't know. But have you ever considered that your God isn't going to answer this prayer? I know 
traditionally in most marriages, the things that um, break marriages up are problems in the checkbook, problems in the bedroom. Yeah. Right. So typically, typically, um, when it comes to, to sexual dysfunction within a marriage, it's the husband desires more sex than the wife. That's typical. Mm-hmm. And I know that to be true because I've counseled many, many couples on this. Sure. Husband's all fired up, you know, because he wants more sex. But that's being, he's like, I've even prayed to God. Well, he's not going to answer that because you're not, you're not cherishing her. You're not nourishing her. Yeah. Like that's not, it's just not, it's not how it works. Yeah. So all things to be considered. So man's spiritual obligation to his household. If your household is just you in, in a wife, we've talked about that. You nourish her, you cherish her, you honor her, you understand her so that your prayers may not be hindered. And part of that nourishing is feeding her spiritually. If you've got kids involved, you be patient with those kids. Oh, and what do you feed the wife? Fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. You, that's what you feed constantly. You do that for your entire family. When it comes to children, same thing. Fruit of the spirit, dads, make sure you're not poking at your kids. We've got a way of grinding at our kids yeah. sometimes and aggravating things. Don't do that. Um, make sure that you're leading them spiritually. Your son will learn how to be a godly husband by your actions. Your daughter will learn what a godly husband is by your actions. And you want to make sure that you are displaying not only that fruit in your own life, but communicating and helping that fruit grow in their life um, by way of, by way of the Holy spirit. Yeah. That's really good. Thoughts. No, it's, it's great. I don't have much to add. I do know, um, I have come to the conclusion that it's a very specific, way that the enemy attacks families is by um undermining that that aspect of the spiritual life of the family is attacking the husband attacking the dad um you know tempting him to not engage in these areas specifically that spiritual nourishment and statistically it's interesting especially when it comes down to things like um you know, the resilience of kids in their spiritual walk outside the home yeah. uh, and, and looking back at, well, what was their life like while they were in the home? Um, you know, stereotypically, we see a lot of kids go away to college who were raised in a Christian family and then they jump, they, they jump ship and all of a sudden they're, they're off and, and not, 80%. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. The other statistic that's interesting to look at is, uh, church attendance. Um, when, when the dad attends, who all shows up with him versus when the dad doesn't show up, sometimes the rest show up. And certainly, you know, I have to give it to moms who, and, and wives who say, you know, he's not engaged, but I'm going to be, and I'm going to take the kids. And we hear all kinds of stories of, um, of how God is faithful to mothers who are faithful to their children and doing the best that they can. But that's ultimately... Uh, the responsibility of the husband to ensure uh, the spiritual flourishing of his family. And, uh, and obviously he does everything in his control and the Lord does what the Lord does. Um, You know, there have been incredibly godly mothers and fathers who have done the best they can. And, and the Lord does not save the child at that time. And it's later on and God does what he wants to do. And um, he saves Romans he, nine. Yeah. When he wants to save. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, but I've, I've experienced that myself. I'm sure you have too of this. It's, it's a very bizarre thing where you 
can be any, especially as a pastor, you can be any kind of way with anyone else, but then sometimes there is that struggle to engage spiritually. There's that struggle to engage in the home and, and you can be on the outside of the home thinking of all the things you're going to do. And then you get home and you experience it. And all of a sudden it's just like, you're, you're, you're acting in a completely contrary way. You're being a way that you are not, you did not mean to be, or did not want to be, or you're even in a conversation, given an opportunity to do that thing that, you know, you're supposed to be doing or lead a conversation in a certain direction and you just don't do it. Um, you know, and so it's certainly something that we have to work at. It's something that we need to ask God for help. Uh, it's certainly something that we need the spirit's empowerment to follow through on. And I think that we set ourselves up for failure sometimes. We've talked about this a lot before when it comes to spiritual, uh, personal spiritual disciplines where we think, man, I haven't been doing what I should be doing. Well, I have this great big plan. I'm I'm going to catch up. Right. I'm going to catch up. (laughs) And so I don't think that's the call here is, you know, Mm. if you're hearing this and you're feeling convicted or feeling like, you know, and every time we come to this conversation, I feel convicted, um, you know, because there's ways I can do this better. There's there's ways I need to engage in this more and and be more uh, intentional. Um, But the call is not to catch up. The call is to lean into to, to God's grace for the ways that you have failed, knowing that he's forgiven you and that you can receive that forgiveness, move on uh, and move forward and figure out how do I start obeying today? How yeah. do I walk obediently? Um, and so, I, again, the temptation is going to be, I'm going to catch up. Don't try and catch up. No. Just start. Start simple. Right. Start Start little, even if it's just... Hey, I'm reading a verse a day. Let's talk about it for five minutes. We that's always, something. That's so is. much. That's exponentially better than nothing. It's five, uh, five if, times more than what you've been it, doing. Absolutely. <laughs> if you feel like you don't know how to pray, pray simply. You know, yeah. pray the Lord's prayer. Jesus teaches us how to pray. Right. Hey, how should we pray? This is how you should pray. Right. And, and he teaches it. You know, so yeah. that we were given a roadmap there for our prayers. Um, I think the and, thing that sometimes prevents. Husbands from leading in this area is they don't feel qualified to do it yeah. either because of a lack of knowledge or because they're not doing it in their own life, and which is yeah. which is not an excuse to not do it. Yeah. I think you you take those steps. Yeah, I want to lead the home. Yeah, so so start with your own life. Just read yeah. the Bible for five minutes a day. Just pray. Just do do something. Engage, yeah. and then you come to your wife and your children in the spirit of humility. Yes, and you say to them, "Hey, listen, uh, Daddy hasn't been doing what the exactly. Bible tells uh, him to do. Yep, and I want to be obedient to what the Bible says. Yeah, and so we're going to read the Bible as a family, and really I want to learn with you guys. Oh, that's so good. I don't know everything, but mm-hmm. we can learn. We can learn together. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that that moving forward in humility would speak volumes to your children, but also speak volumes to your wife as, as well. It's good. And hopefully, and this is what the man of God conference was about, you know, men will become more engaged in the church. It was interesting this year. We had 730 people here for mother's day and 600 here for father's day. Um, so that is, that's a pretty good indication of who's more involved in, in where, just church itself yeah. lands on the priority list for for people. Yeah, so, but this is a great question. Really good. Yeah, pretty. I think I think that's it. Unless we that's gotta, it. We're out of time. Would you, you like to do a whole nother podcast? Uh, Vinny, <laughs> I forgot about him. Hey, don't leave me alone. <laughs> okay, there we go. Is this how it's gonna be? We can talk to Vinny every day. <laughs>
<laughs> I think. Uh, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, you sick? I get sick to her. Oh, I think it's gosh. allergies, tree pollen. <laughs> okay, we're having fun. So we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> I like that Vinny is turning into an '80s New York comic. This is very strange. <laughs> okay, so if you want to submit a question, feel free to text them to four four zero hope two 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 or email them to podcast at hopechristianchurch.com. Thank you for your time. Thanks Thank for you. your questions. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.